I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Complex to Queens listeners, this is Ken Lavin. I'm joined by uh, Lucas Blahos, and um, unfortunately, Steve Sippa is out of town, so it'll just be the two of us. How you doing this week, Lucas? I'm all right. It'd be nice if my building would turn on the air conditioning, you know, but uh, other than that, all good. Yeah, it's, it's entirely too deep into the year for uh, <laughs> the heat to still be on in your apartment. Well, apparently, it's going to go down like 30 <laughs> degrees. Is uh, Hey, northeast spring, you never know what's yeah. going to happen. Climate change. Yeah, it's delightful. <laughs> uh, so the Mets are generally terrible. Um, there's oh, no. Who of, could have uh, seen that coming? Uh, most people. <laughs> most people with eyes and ears. <laughs> um, and there's been a lot of talk about uh, the current Mets manager, Mickey Calloway, uh, soon becoming a former Mets manager. Uh, so for this week's Promote, Trade, Extend, we're going to go with uh, these three former Mets managers. So, Lucas. Yep. Which of the following would you promote, trade, and extend out of Willie Randolph, Terry Collins, and Jerry Manuel? Um, I'd like so to begin by saying there is no good option here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, also, I'm also a little hurt by the fact that uh... – Willie, uh, understanding how to critique Willie was a bit before my my time. I wasn't uh, so I don't. 
I don't remember the whatever bad things Willie did. And then for Jerry, I just remember he always had bad teams. So I I can't like I'm sure um, he did dumb things as well. Like they, he wasn't he influential in like getting Mejia on the roster that year for no reason. Probably Jerry Manuel was also just weird and sketchy. Yeah, like, he uh, was. He was a weird. He dude. was. He was the gangster guy who said, um, "If I forget what the exact quote was, but it was something to the something like um, they're all acting too gangsta out here, and you know if they keep doing it, I'm gonna cut somebody." <laughs> what? Uh, I have no memory. Yeah, of here, this. wait. Let, let me pull up the the memes page on AmazingAvenue.com. Oh, that's so. Do you want to? Do you want to continue with the other? Yeah. Uh, my my the point I was getting to is that the the one of the one manager here that I have plenty of experience with is of course Terry. Oh yeah. And I would fire, uh, not Terry the person, but Terry the manager into the sun at the earliest available opportunity. So you are saying be, that you will trade Terry Collins? Yes, <laughs> yes, to literally anyone for literally anything. Um, Jerry. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I found the, the gangster quote. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, so from the Amazing Avenue's meme guide, in June 2009, in Jerry Manuel's introductory press conference as Mets manager, so keep in mind this is like literally right after he chose the job, after he was awarded the job, uh-huh. he claimed that the Mets were gangsters on the field. End quote. Right. later, when he was asked what he discussed with Jose Reyes, who threw an angry fit after being pulled from a game as an injury precaution, Manuel said, I told him the next time he does that, I'm going to get my blade out and cut him. Right on the field. Right on the field. Hey, I'm a gangsta now. You go gangsta on me, I'm gonna have to get you now. Perhaps what Manuel is best known for off the field, Gangsta has come to symbolize something that is stupid in an ironically Mets way. Didn't he get a job after the Mets, too? I highly doubt it. His, uh, I, th- I could have sworn he did. His his career, let's let's find out. He might have been a bench coach or something. I thought he was like a bench coach for like the White Sox or something like that. That makes sense, because you know who their manager was at the time. Bobby Ventura, right? Uh, Ozzie Guillen, who was another. Oh, 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 right, right, before Loose, Ventura. loose cannon. <laughs> Did he have his coach? No, it doesn't look like he got. Oh, not at that time. I could have sworn that was true. No, no, he was with the White Sox, but that's I thought no, the White Sox. Yeah, the Mets, and he might have been like a random coach. And Wikipedia is just not functioning for me. But uh, now he's the, the director of baseball operations at William Jessup University. That's good, <laughs> buddy. Um, <laughs> just for the hilarity of that quote, I'm going to extend him because like the Mets were bad in 2009, and it wasn't Jerry Manuel's fault. So, uh. Like that, that was probably some good entertainment value. And then I'll, prom- did I say extend Jerry? I think I just did say extend Jerry. And then I'll promote Willie. I mean, the, the tough part here is that like managers don't matter that much. Yeah. And also wind like, up screaming about them. So like in-game strategy is, is like a big part of, you know, the fan experience, you know, second yeah. thing, the manager, you know, how to win games like physically. Um, so like, I'm like you, I don't really remember, uh, super granularly Willie Randolph's foibles. I just remember the, uh, the 2007 season and hope to never relive that. Please, no. Um, 
Yeah. I'm not going to uh, – yeah, so I'm going to trade Jerry Manuel because that quote is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, if, if, I, if memory serves, that was not his only incident. Uh, I think um, the blog Fire Joe Morgan by uh, Ken Tremendous. Oh, yeah, I remember that. He did a whole piece on, on Manuel's decision-making and um, all the things he said about Clutch. So Manuel is going to get the boot. Um, Over Terry? I hate Terry, as you know. I, I, was, I at one point wrote a blog detailing all of his, like, mistakes day to day. Um, that, so I think I'm going to extend Willie and promote Terry just as, like, a placeholder, you know? Yikes. There's no good option here. It's bad. <laughs> the Mets will, have, like, I, never had a good manager since, like, I don't know, Davey Johnson. <laughs> was Davey Johnson even a good manager? Oh, he might have just had a great team. Gil Hodges, maybe? <laughs> yeah. I mean – the, 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 like, it's always easy to criticize managers as long as you don't pull a Wally and, like, actually endanger your players. Yeah. Like, there is a line somewhere, and I'll get the Mets at least, like, a modicum of credit. They never dipped into that well, despite. Yeah. Seemingly sure. <laughs> always being on the precipice, precipice of doing it, but. Can we get a, a manager that has, like, two two brain cells to rub together or something? Somebody here? who, like, knows how to double switch before they give him the job. <laughs> like, that would be cool. Well, um, now Mickey, now Mickey to double, only double switches. He thinks yeah. he can only double switch. <laughs> Insert two-button meme where one option is double switch and the other <laughs> option is also double switch. <laughs> Uh, I look forward to the the Rim Jiggleman era. That that's going to be fun. God, I, sort, shortly thereafter, uh, we'll have the uh, Ventura era, who was also awful in Chicago. That'll so, be great. you know who Van Wagenen's like? Um, I don't know if they were roommates, but they were best friends when he was Uh-oh. at Stanford. Uh oh. No, this, this would like... actually this would actually be a very good hire, but there's uh, no, there's no way he comes aboard. Is he like a currently a manager? Or? Yeah, yeah, it's AJ Hinch. Um, oh yeah, well they, yeah, of course like, that would never happen. Yeah, never gonna happen, but you know they're like best friends. I was <laughs> so, afraid you were gonna say like Brad Ausmus or something like that. <laughs> and that's who they might hire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so back to minor league baseball. <laughs> oh lord. Speaking of, is Terry still around? Is he still like the minor league director, or whatever he was? Um, he's the as far as I know, he's just like one of those advisors who shows up places. Um, okay. I can't remember if he was one of the the random people I saw walking around the complex when I when I visited this summer um, or this this past uh, March. But that's very much the role that he has. It's like going around to the different affiliates, like a roving instructor advisor type thing. I think. Mm-hmm. I could okay. be completely wrong, but you know. I know he had that job at some point. I just don't know if he's yeah. He's definitely still in the front office because you know Fred likes to talk to him. So, <sighs> as Mike Puma was very fond of detailing that uh, Fred doesn't have that relationship with Mickey. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why that is. Yeah, and I wonder who could be leaking that his job is in nature. <laughs> so the Syracuse Mets went three and three this week. Mm-hmm. They're uh, twenty four and eighteen overall. First place in the International League North Division, uh, one and a half games up on the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. So good for you, Syracuse, um, and your aging roster of, you know, former big leaguers. Um, the Rumble Ponies went four and three this week. Uh, they are now 23 and 15 overall. 
good for first place in the Eastern League Eastern Division, and they are a half game up on the Trenton Thunder, so take that, Yankees. Um, and uh, also, they split a four-game series with Trenton 2-2 two and two this week, so that didn't really have a, an effect no. on but <laughs> It's good to... You know, they were in town. Steve will probably have a lot of thoughts on the guys next week. Um, the St. Lucie Mets went four and three this week. Uh, they are now 22 and 19 overall, which puts them in fourth place in the Florida State League Southern Division. They're five games back of the Palm Beach Cardinals. Um, and then the Columbia Fireflies are four, went four and three, not including today's game, which let me see. Uh, they did hold on and win. So good job, guys. Um, nice. They had a lead in the ninth. They gave up the lead. Uh, they got the lead back, it looks like, in the tenth, and were able to hold it. So good job, Fireflies. I'm not adjusting my notes. <laughs> so all of this is not including Sunday night's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went, they're now 15 and 27, or I guess 16 and 28, uh, which is still probably last place in the Southern, South Atlantic League, Southern Division. They're eight games out of first and probably looking forward to the second half of the season to potentially yeah. get a playoff spot. Yeah, and hopefully, hopefully some of the younger guys can start, uh, picking it up a little bit. I think Vientos has hit two home runs this week. That's good news, right? Yeah, and, and they had the, I mean, the one doubleheader I covered this week on the farm report, they had, uh, like all of them did nothing. Like all the notable guys did nothing, and Brian Sharp had like the day of his life. <laughs> so, it's good to hear that Vientos is starting to hit though. Yeah, yeah, because that, again, that lineup is like bleak. Without him. It should be so good, and it's so yeah. not. Oh, wait, we have to do our weekly check on uh, Newton's strikeout rate. Which I can never spell. I always forget the E. Shervian, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Shervian, I guess? I've heard Shervin, I've heard Shervian, I've heard, uh, I don't know. All right, so he's he's holding okay. steady now in the mid-30s with a robust weighted runs created of nine. Yeah, it's rough. He's having a lot of trouble putting the bat on the ball. Yep, yep. Still walking, like, almost 10%. Like, yeah, said, but, but he's also yeah, not... Not hitting for anything. Right. His, his line right now is 115, 198, 141. This suggests to me that this is, like, really a recognition problem. It's not that he's just swinging hard all the time like some guys. Yeah. It's that he can't he can't pick anything up right now. Yeah. Because even when he's making contact, it's weak. Yeah, I'm going to say if he doesn't turn it around quickly, uh, he's probably slated for demotion to Brooklyn once short season starts up. Yeah, which he's 20. It's fine. He's 20. He's going to be raw, more raw than um, most 20-year-olds will be, given his background, you know, kind yeah. of from the actual Netherlands and then to, I think, Curacao. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be wrong about that. But, yeah, like, he's he's going to be raw. And like Jeff always says, he's, you know, a project, a little bit of a project. Um, it was probably going to struggle. But, you know. I was I'm, not, hoping, I'm not hitting the panic button yet. Yeah, I was hoping it wouldn't be quite, it wouldn't quite look like this. But whatever, he's still young. Right. An athletic freak, so. When he's got, we've gotten shrug. Yeah, we've gotten some good reports on him, and then also some bad reports. So yeah, a little bit of everything. Yeah, Russo, we only hear good things. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, it's like he's putting up. I can let's see. Well, I can see what Andres Jimenez hit when he was in the Sally. Uh, oh, are we gonna talk about uh what what uh. Jeff saw at the game on 
Um, I'm thinking we should wait for Steve. Fair. That might be a good idea. Oh, right. He was there, too, He was there, and we probably have a lot more thoughts. Uh... Spoiler alert, do you want to tease it? Yeah, yeah not it's, it's not the best. It's not the best. Come back to next – tune in next week for more details on why the Mets are bad. Oh, Jesus. Um, so, yeah, basically Jimenez hit as a like 18-year-old in single A in 2017, 265, 346, 349, which was a 107 WRC+. Plus. Uh, Mauricio at – about the same age is hitting 283, 335, 355, good for a 103 WRC+. So around the same, the difference being that him and uh, I don't think Mauricio is as good a defender as Jimenez. Yeah. So he's going to have to hit a little more. But, yeah, but I think that also, the upside is there more. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's, um, you know, he's so young and the, the lower half is, like, thicker than the upper half. So I, I'd imagine he'll fill out at some point. And, I don't know, maybe he'll start hitting for power. So, yep, that's uh, the state of the system from, like, a win-loss perspective. Uh, Lucas, do you want to introduce our players of the week now? Yeah, so our, our you, you guys are going to get really sick of us talking about some guys at this <laughs> point, right? Um, so we'll start with the one we haven't talked about yet, and that's the hitter of the week, who was Patrick Mazaika. Mazaika? Mazaika? Whatever. Sure. Uh <laughs> So he's a, a catcher. He was an eighth round pick out of Stetson, which is also, uh, Jacob deGrom's school. Uh, but that was, uh, Mazeika was in 2015. This week he had eight hits and 23 at bats, uh, four homers, seven extra base hits, uh, 348, 375, 1000 line. That's his slugging, not his OPS. <laughs> Good for a 292 weighted, which is, uh, of course absurd. Um, so, like I said, he was an eighth-round pick out of Stetson in 2015. His first year as a professional, he hit uh, pretty well for the Kingsport Mets, or very well for the Kingsport Mets, but that's a level that he should have dominated coming out of college. Um, and then moved up to the Fireflies in 2016 and continued to hit well, 305, 414, 402. Uh, and that was pretty indicative of where he was as a hitter, just uh, good. Like He'll hit for a decent average, has a good approach, but not a ton of power. Um, while his defense was was pretty, uh, I guess fringy is the right word for his catcher defense. Um, he moved up to St. Lucie in 2017. Same basic line. You'd like knock 10 points off the the on base percentage and the average, and it's basically the same. Um, then finally ran into a wall when he got to Double A, as many hitters do. So at Double A, he struggled to a 231, 328, 363 line uh, in 2017. So he has a, as you would expect, he has a nice smooth swing. It's it's doesn't hasn't had a lot of plane in the past, which has uh, led to the lack of of top tier power, or really much power to speak of at all. Um, when he actually gets into the ball, he has good good bat speed, so he hits it hard, and he does leverage his lower half. He just needs to needed to adjust his swing plane uh, a little bit. And that's something that seems to have happened over the last couple seasons. It seems like the Mets have, have been able to, to tweak that a little bit from the in-person reports we have. Um, and perhaps this week is a, a good sign of things to come going forward. Uh, on the defensive side, 
there's still some work to do. Like he has quick exchanges and he's uh, got a good pop time, but ultimately that's not the most important part of catcher defense, despite how much we like to yell about uh, the Mets not controlling the run game. You can get uh, the ball out super quick, and if you're, you know, only throwing like 70 mile an hour lollipops, you know. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't much much matter. Right. He's got a weak arm. Yeah. Uh, he's also not the best receiver, from what I understand, and from the brief uh, looks I've had at him. So, uh, if basically you have a profile where. To date, it's been fringy power for like a corner infielder and fringy defense for a catcher. So not a great combination. He's a little bit older at this point. He's 25. Um, so I mean, there's a potential utility bat here, a potential yeah. backup catcher bat here, a bat, a bat first backup catcher. If the power spike is is real, it might be more than that. But I wouldn't I wouldn't hold my breath at this point. If the power spike ends up being real. You know, maybe he even ends up like what they wanted to do with Darno forever, but never actually did, where they work him out at like first a few days. I think you mean work him out at second base, third base, second base, third base, <laughs> second base, third base. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just hope the ball doesn't get hit to him. But yeah, he'd have he'd have a lot to to do to get to that point. Right. I mean, and, and even even talking about the power spike, like we're saying there's a spike, but his ISO is still only. 208, which like he was, which is higher than he's ever posted before. Um, but those four home runs he hit this week, yeah, that's probably, five uh, on the season, right? Yep. As a 25 year old repeating <laughs> double A. Yep. So, and, and there are definitely, I think there are. We could, we could have a long discussion about optimal roster construction, like when you'd want a bat first backup catcher, when you'd want a glove right. first backup catcher. So. And I'm sure different organizations will have different philosophies. And look, man, catchers are weird. Sometimes the the offense just takes a while yeah, because you have to do so much other stuff. Right. You never really know when some random catcher at 27 is going to make the majors and then just exist there for like 10 years. Oh, yeah. No, and not, it, a lot of it just doesn't make any sense. It's just like yeah. who's in the organization and how badly are they unable to like replace him with somebody better. Right. So like, uh, yeah, this is a, it's a useful piece to have around. Yeah, like it's something that you want to have around and not have to trade for when two of your catchers get hurt or something. But like I always say, like catchers catch forever. So yeah, if, absolutely. If he can stay behind the plate, he's gonna have a long career. And you know, the longer you're around, you know, the more likely it is that somebody will need a catcher. You know, on a big league roster for a few yep. days. Yep. So, I mean, good luck, Pat. Wilson Wamos is still catching somehow. So. Yeah, it's wild. In quotes, catching. Yeah. He, uh, I've seen him drop a lot of balls, Lucas. <laughs> yeah, I, I think everyone has. <laughs> it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Um. All right. So that's the one we haven't talked about, and now I think for the third week in a row, or the third week in the last four, we're gonna have a lengthy discussion about Anthony Kay, who yep. is the pitcher of the week. He had one start, uh, seven innings, eight strikeouts, a walk, three hits. Uh, it was a complete game because it doubleheader, so seven innings. Um, his line on the season is now pretty nuts. It's a, he's got a 1.24 ERA, a 3.13 FIP, and that's in 43 innings. So the sample size is just real. He's striking out more than a batter per inning. Uh, the walks aren't insane. Uh, they're not they're not pristine, but he's only walking three guys per nine, a little bit more than that. Um, and, and, and as we talked about last week, like he is. 
I think at this point clearly demonstrated he's too good for uh, big attempts in the Eastern League, right? I can never remember yep. these things. Yeah, but he's too good. League. He's too good for Double A, right? And with the Mets, the Mets are starting Drew Gagnon tomorrow against the Nationals, which. Uh, uh, like, like Gagnon's been like decent, but like that's definitely not how they drew it up in spring. No, no, and it's <laughs> and if they did. <laughs> No, That's a problem. Have... <laughs> <laughs> no, in the spring they drew it up as having Jason Vargas start against the Nationals. Thirty. Wait, that's worse. <laughs> so, so, but but the point is that the Mets starting starter depth is not non-existent, but not great. Yeah. Like, and, and despite that, we got news or tweet a couple tweets this week that the Mets have no immediate plans to promote K. The dude, the dude's blowing people. I won't say blowing people away. That's not the right word. But he's clearly too good for the league he's in right now. He feels not, not even just that. He's also like he's oh. yeah, he's right at the league average, which you know isn't terribly important for pitchers. But like, it's not like you're you'd be sending him to AAA where he's like seven years younger than everyone. Right. He's like. League average age. This is this is also a polished college arm that you yeah, want no, to that, move quickly before he got hurt. <laughs> yeah, like in an ideal like, world where K's elbow isn't borked when he's drafted, he's in AAA, what, a year and a half ago? Yeah, yeah you, you could make that case, yeah. He'd probably start in Brooklyn that year. Um, the next year, they'd probably move him through both. But hopefully, if he pitched well, he would hopefully get to double A would be the goal. And then once you're in double A, you're a step away, you know? Right. That's basically what they did. They did a ball, both a balls last year, but they, for some reason, kept him there all year. Uh, yeah, no, he, they, they should probably really be looking to move him up to triple A. Yeah. Like there, there's no reason for him to still be there. I, I even understood the two a ball levels last year. Cause it was yeah, coming no, back from the in- injury and he wasn't, and the he command wasn't was a little, sure. yeah. So it was like, but, okay, like, really, he's got a curveball that's too good for the league. That's right. What it is. Like, <laughs> I think we talked about this last time as well, where, like, there is a benefit. Yeah. I mean, the the flip side of that is that you don't want to play against competition that's so much so much worse than you that you gain nothing. Right? If you right, have a, right. If you've got a curveball that no one in the league can hit, you're just going to spam that curveball. You have no impetus to work yep. on your command. You have no impetus to work on your other pitches. You have no impetus to improve the curveball. Exactly. Because you have no point of reference to know that, hmm, I can improve these things because you're just destroying people. Yep. So hopefully they call him up soon to AAA. Would you consider um, – I'm going to put you on the spot with this, but would you consider going straight to the big leagues with him, or do you think – facing sort of guys with big league service time in AAA first is an important step. Uh, Developmentally. Uh, that's a good question, actually. I think for – I'm coming up with this answer on the spot just for my own internal logic because I haven't thought about this extensively. My, mm-hmm. my instinct is that it's more important – all right, I'm going to backtrack here. Triple A is filled with with what we refer to as like the the quad A guys who yeah. see major league time. I feel like the hitters at Triple A are typically, even if they're quad A type hitters, aren't as major league caliber as the pitchers at Triple A. 
because you have relievers who are getting cycled or six starters right, or right. whatever else, right? They're more critical to a team than the sixth outfielder or the yeah. random utility infielder. It's you're less likely to see guys, more guys who are like, um, you know, guys either on the back half of their career trying to make right. a roster again, or you know, guys who are tr- still looking for their their you know extended professionals who are still looking for their first shot at the big leagues. Right, right, so. and I think if you're to, to use the Mets as an example, if you're a hitter, I think it's more important for you to learn how to hit against Eric Hanhold and right. Ty Bashler uh, or Corey Oswalt than it is as a pitcher to learn how to get Rajay Davis out. Yeah. So the law, that's a long way of saying I would not be totally opposed to jumping him to, to the majors. Mm-hmm. Um, but they won't even promote him to triple A. So yeah, right. Um, so I, I probably think the, I think they should probably send him to triple A, but I, I don't think it's that big a deal either way. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, like, it's not like you, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be facing better hitters than he currently is. Um, I'd like to put him in a position where he's not really like you always say with, you know, you want to face people who are better than you, but not so right. much better than you, that you you know get shellacked. Right. Um, I think that's the risk him only having thrown like a month mm-hmm. above, you know, a ball. Right. Right. But you know, really they need to get him going. <laughs> right. I think, I think the point is that. In an ideal world, he gets time at AAA, so start getting him that time before you now, absolutely yeah. <laughs> need him at the major right. league level. Let me ask you this. Would your answer change if they were still in Vegas? Uh, yeah, probably. I yeah. Think Vegas is a miserable, miserable place to be. Especially um, for a pitcher. Like, Yeah, and like at that point, you're, you're talking about, you know, he could get shellacked in the big leagues, but he's probably going to get shellacked in Vegas because right. Vegas is Vegas, you know? Right. But being in the International League and, you know, he could get used to the juice balls and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's another really good point. Now without, now that AAA has the Major League ball and the Major League ball is so different, maybe it is really important to get AAA time. That being said, they should do it now so that they have the option right. in a month. <laughs> right, of course. Uh, all right, any other thoughts on Anthony Kay? <laughs> no, we've, we've already talked about – Somehow, no matter how we talk about Anthony Kay, there's always some some uh, a con- a controversy, some twinge of negativity. Yeah, e- either we don't like there's him no or now. That we- own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's about the Mets, Anthony. Please, it's yeah, it's not no. you. It's the we team. like you, Anthony. <laughs> You're a good dude. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so I guess, I guess we'll take a break now yes. and. Uh, We'll be back in a couple minutes to do some discussion on uh, guys we like in the upcoming draft in June. All right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, and we're back. This is from Complex to Queens. I'm Kenny. I'm here with Lucas Blahos. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, the, the draft a little bit more since it's now... What about a month away, Lucas? Uh, three weeks, three and a half weeks. Uh, Whatever, a month. Let's go with a month. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that makes me feel better um, <laughs> about being where I am in my research. It is Monday, June third. It is like two weeks away. <laughs> Yikes! I have a lot of prep dudes to read about. Uh huh. <laughs> it's a month away. Mm. Hey, great. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> last week we chose our guys, uh, you know, the guys we like with the Mets pick at number 12. This week, uh, we've, we're gonna be talking about the guys we like most out of the field. Um, basically, there's always a chance that guys fall for whatever bad reason, you know. Who would you pick if, uh, you could take anybody? Right. So, uh, do you wanna start, Lucas? Yeah, sure. Um, so my guy, to the surprise of no one who has talked to me at any point over the last, like, I don't know, two and a half years, is Andrew Vaughn. He's a first baseman from California, uh, uh, Cal Berkeley. Um, he was born in Santa Rosa, which is, like, I don't know, a half hour away from Berkeley in the Bay Area, roughly. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I couldn't tell me which it. direction, but no, it's close. <laughs> it, it's around there, right? Um, wasn't drafted out of high school. Probably because he's a short, right-handed. Apparently played shortstop in high school, but like every dude plays shortstop in high school. So, um, point is, wasn't drafted. Went to Cal and just started mashing the ever. Can I? Can we curse? We can curse on here, right? I'm yes. gonna go ahead and say yeah. Yeah, he just started mashing the ever living shit out of the ball immediately, right? So as a freshman, he had a 969 OPS. He had 12 home runs and 218 at bats. 19 walks and 24 strikeouts. And that was – so actually that year I had been doing some of the radio broadcasts for Cal because I was a student at the time. Um, and me being the – like I saw him and I was like super impressed. I'm like, this guy looks great, but I don't know anything, right? Like I'm not a real scout. I'm probably just – I haven't seen enough guys. But the one play I always go back to is, is in the second half of that season, he looked a little out of sync. Maybe he was tired, whatever. Um and his bottom half was just totally not working. And despite that, he got a, a ball that was like not not a meatball, but it was at like away over the outer part of the plate with basically no – with his second half completely decoupled. He hits it out to right center over the, the bleachers in the next stadium over into the wind on a cold night in Cal, which is not the easiest thing to do. It was like, okay, that, that – Yeah, uh, dude can mash. Yeah, right. And then it just got better from there. In 2018, he hit 402, 531, 819, 23 homers, uh, 44 walks and only 18 strikeouts. And that was in 199 at bats. He won the Golden Spike uh, Award, which is like the baseball equivalent of the Heisman as a sophomore, which isn't common. <laughs> underclassmen, very, I don't, I couldn't tell you the frequency, but it's rare for underclassmen to win. Um, 
And he's followed that up with another strong season this year. Not quite as insane. I mean, he no, he's never gonna you know slug eight hundred again. Oh, uh, he's this year. He's only he might yeah. five. So you <laughs> he know, he actually might. <laughs> he's hitting three seventy seven, five thirty one, seven twenty five, fifteen homers. Uh, the the strikeouts are up, so it's fifty one walks and thirty strikeouts and one hundred sixty seven at bats. I suspect that's more just getting pitched around and getting a little like having some youthful impatience because. Uh, because why would, why would you pitch to Andrew Vaughn in the Cal lineup ever, right? Just Yeah, I, I think that's a very common thing in, in college ball. Like, right. Um, guys who are, like, the only real, like, top three-round draft pick, uh, mm-hmm. potential draft pick on, on their team, and, like, pitchers there, just there don't, don't even want to face them. <laughs> right, and then I think as a hitter, it's very easy, especially if you feel like you have to, like, put the team on your back on some level. So that's what I'd guess the strikeouts are yeah, up to, too, like – He's still and walking. It's still not like egregious at all. It's like thirteen no. percent. No, and I think I think the entire dip in his slash on is explained by that factor. But whatever. This is all with metal yep. bats. If you only like wood bat stats, at the Cape Cod League, <laughs> he had three hundred eight, three sixty eight with six uh, six fifty four with five homers and fifty two at bats. So the dude can mash. Right? Is, I don't, that, is that good? <laughs> I think that's good. Right? Like, did, did Alonso ever go to the Cape? Oh, uh, let's find out. Yeah, that's you're talking point. about him while I... <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good point of reference, right? So the the obvious problem here is that he's a right-right first baseman. He's generously listed at 5'11". He's 214 pounds. Like, so he's not, he's not a, a, he's not Prince Fielder, right? But he's not a, a super athletic either. He plays a good first base. I thought, like, he's got good hands. He pitched sometimes, so he has a really good arm. Um... Some some scouting sites I've read have suggested he could hack it at third base, which I am a not qualified to assess and b somewhat skeptical of. Though in the age of infield positioning, I could where positioning is so important, I could buy it. Um, some I, I have Pete Alonso's uh, Cape, Cape Cod numbers, so Go he played it. for the Born Braves okay. and hit in ninety eight at bats, two fifty five, three twenty one. <laughs> 286. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Vaughn just blows him out of the water there, right? Yeah, although, well, to be fair, Pete, you know, was, was a different trajectory there. He uh, Absolutely. You know. Pete that, developed a lot as a, once he was a Met. Yeah. Um, the the but, few super, like, good success stories of developing a, a, you know, hitting prospect that needed considerable work. Right, we'll talk about that more or less uh, next week, I think, when we mention, yeah, when we talk about the menace. So, point is, Vaughn can really hit, but the defensive profile is questionable. People set. I've seen some places suggest he could play the outfield. The dude's a thirty runner. Uh I don't think that um, works so well. So, if he's a thirty runner, he's probably as fast as what JD Davis, maybe. Uh, yeah. Basically, it, it's going to come down to how good does do his routes get, and um, that's fair. You know, he he probably could do it if, you know, but it's going to take, like, intangible skills mm-hmm. and other things, you know? I'd, I'd have more because I, I, I think he's going to hit enough to play first base on pretty much any team. Right, right. And if you're going to put him somewhere else, I think I have more faith in the arm, given that he was a pitcher, the arm playing at third base right. than I would putting him in left field with the lack of speed. But... Again, I'm not super qualified to, to judge that. Yeah. Lots well, um, of weird things happen on defense anyway. Right. Between amateur ball and the pros. And know? the Mets are certainly not a great team at developing that aspect of things either. 
unfortunately. Um, what the actual original question I asked Steve when I said we should do this kind of segment is that we should look at our favorite guy who the Mets might have a chance at, and that just turned into doing our favorite guy. Um, as of a couple of weeks ago, the Mets had a zero percent chance at Vaughn. Like he was mm-hmm. going to go, he might have gone first, but probably not. Uh, the Royals, or the, uh, the Royals were going to be the Royals and not take him because they're the Royals. But he was at worst going to go third. In a recent, in some more recent mocks, it looks like the White Sox might also be going towards a prep prep hitter instead. The Marlins are apparently attached to some outfielder from Vanderbilt, and I don't. Oh, understand. JJ JJ Boladay. He's You're pretty right. good. Like he's good, but I don't. Understand. I, I don't know if he's Vaughn good. Right, but I don't understand. You know, I'm I'm biased, like like you are. <laughs> yeah, you you've compared. You've said Vado, Vaughn's like a Vado level talent. Yeah, I I might end up regretting that, but that's, of course, I'm, I'm going to call it like I see it. I think he's right. really good, really polished. Yeah, and there are guys at BP who are also more knowledgeable than us that have said similar things about Vaughn. Um, so I don't understand why the Marlins, if they're going to take a college hitter, wouldn't take Vaughn. Not like they have any first base prospects, so yeah. whatever. I'm, I'm gonna say that the Marlins don't really have a plan. <laughs> uh, shocking. Point is, point is, he's currently projected to go fifth, which is a dip for him. And Kylie and and Eric at Fangraphs, both of whom are very like, I think they they do good work. Um, have have me- like mentioned the situ- a scenario here where Vaughn f- could fall past the Tigers and go even further. Right, and they also talk about how all of the next teams have first baseman established. Uh, the Padres do, the Reds do, the Braves do, the Giants kind of do if they're going to stick with Belt and Posey. Uh, they think the Rangers are going to go under slot, and then suddenly Vaughn could be there at eleven or twelve. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think yeah. all the teams who pass on him are making a humongous mistake if that this does happen. But I want to hope. Dare to dream, Lucas. Um, this would be like um, I always say, thinking about like David Wright as a prospect. Like some guys just fall in the draft for like not particularly good reasons, right. you know. Right. Um, this would definitely qualify as that. I don't. I, it, as far as I'm concerned, he's definitely a top three talent in this draft. Mm-hmm. Probably a top two, maybe the best. I think if he played. Any other position other than first, he yeah. would go first overall. And we'll talk about Rushman because that's your guy, right? And he's probably mostly just because you took Vaughn, <laughs> right? Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. I, like, I took Rushman. Um, Rushman's really, really good. But I think if Vaughn played any other position, like if he was a oh, yeah, good he... corner outfielder, first overall. Yep. I wanted to ask you who you thought the best hitter in the draft. Like in the last ten years, has there been a better hitter in the draft? Like come, like we're like hyped up as a top five pick. Hmm. Like Bryce Harper is the name that comes to mind. But aside from are, that, are we just doing college guys or any guy? I was saying, uh, I don't think like people have talked about Vaughn as possibly the best college hitter ever. Yeah, which, no, I, I, so I'm not you know a super like college expert or anything, college mm-hmm. ball expert or anything. But I, I've never seen somebody slug me. 19 in a season before in the Pac-12. Right. right. And it's, like, it's not like he's doing this at Arizona either. Cal yeah. is not the easiest place to... Yeah, lots moms. of wind, you know. It's Let not me, super warm. For comparison, let's look at what Bonds did in the Pac-12. In All the right, Pac-12. well, Bonds also played at Arizona, right? Which yeah. is Offensive fundamentally played. different. 
Where did yeah. uh, do you know where Eric Valent played? Because I know he broke Bonds' record, Pac-12 record for for bombs. Eric Valent, I couldn't tell you. Oh, yeah. UCLA. Yeah, gotcha. Um, yeah, Bonds never slugged 800. <laughs> 713 was his highest as a junior at Arizona and State. That Vaughn is beating that in a, a down year by his standards. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, pretty great. <laughs> to be clear, Vaughn is not Bonds. No, no one will ever be Bonds. <laughs> right, but the, the stats are nuts. Wild. I think that's enough about me uh, professing my love for Andrew I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about him again. Uh, one last thing about Vaughn. Mm-hmm. So you said that all of the, the teams, the next, you know, if he made it to five, the next group of teams have long-term established first basemen. Yes. Don't the Mets kind of have? <laughs> yeah. I and... think I'm mostly I'm not disagreeing with you um, here. I, I, I'm basically, I just think it's an interesting discussion to have. Um, I think... My personal take, and like I said, I would say all these other teams are silly for passing on Vaughn. Of course, yeah. In baseball, I always say you take the best player available, and I think you make the you make it work, right? You find yeah, and like we said, or like I said, like I, weird things happen to defensive profiles in the pros. Like Michael Conforto was a bad defensive. Outfielder. Conforto was a bad defensive outfielder. People said he was, was like... going to end up at first base, and he's probably. You know, in the top handful of you know, he's one of the better defensive. Yeah, absolutely. He was like a, I don't know. He wasn't above he, he average. Might but he was gold someday. Like <laughs> absolutely, he was fine in center. Yeah, they said the same thing about Alonzo. You know, not being able to play first base, which is like, I don't he, say you need to be a, a, a special kind of terrible not to be able to play first base. First base. Tell tell him how, how it's incredible. Tell him tell him watch. <laughs> it's incredibly hard. <laughs> But if it like if it came down to it, listen, the the Tigers took a chance when they had Miguel Cabrera and said, you know what, we want Prince Fielder too, so we're gonna play Miguel Cabrera at third. Mm-hmm. I think Vaughn will hit enough. First of all, I think Vaughn would be a better defensive third baseman than Cabrera was at that point, and mm-hmm. I also think he'll be good enough that you overcome those defensive shortcomings. And who's he going to replace a third for the Mets exactly? <laughs> Checks notes. Uh, J.D. Davis. Uh, hey, he, he could probably play left. <laughs> right. Like, you make it work. Yeah. And I think... Too many and, good offensive players is a good problem to have. Right. And... It, and it's also, and I love Alonzo. He's been great so far. I believe in him, but he also doesn't have a huge track record. Like we no, saw yeah. what happened to Ike Davis. Ike Davis hit 30 home runs one year and then disappeared forever. Yep. So. Uh, was All right, that's enough for me. Yep. Please. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Sorry, I just thought that was interesting. <laughs> no, it is, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess we'll go to my guy who is um, the aforementioned Adley Rutschman, a catcher from Oregon State University. Uh, a little bit about him. He was born in Portland, Oregon, so he's kind of like a local guy, much like uh, Andrew Vaughn. He played for Sherwood High School in Sherwood, Oregon, and was drafted in the 40th round of the 2016 draft by the Mariners, so also a local team. Um, he didn't sign so that he could play both. Uh, one of my one of my favorite things about him is he didn't sign so that he could play both football and baseball at Oregon State, where he was a, a place kicker during his freshman year. Huh, it's like a super that. a super weird thing. <laughs> like not only was he a two sport person, he played like the two most he specialized positions yeah. in sport. <laughs> um, 
I'm gonna get we're gonna get an email from some football person. Oh, kicker is not a specialized position. I know nothing about football. I Um, I cannot wait until Tom Brady retires and I can stop caring about football. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So as a two sport athlete, he uh, didn't really hit particularly well. Uh, As a freshman, he hit 234, 322, 306 in 209 at bats across 67 games. He walked 27 times against 39 Ks, which wasn't isn't terrible, but you know not what you want. Um, and uh, he gave up on football following that that year uh, to focus solely on baseball and basically broke out immediately. Um, he helped lead the Beavers to the College World Series championship last year in 2018, 408, 505, 628 in 250 at bats. With 53 walks against 40 Ks, he hit nine homers and 34 extra base hits, so a lot of extra base power with some over-the-fence power. He was basically the MVP of the College World Series for the Beavers. And, yeah, he's basically picked up right where he left off, um, hitting 424, 574, 771 in 170 at-bats so far this year, with 16 home runs, 26 extra base hits, and 66 walks against 36 Ks. He's That's actually outperforming Vaughn this year. A little bit, yeah. Um, I mean, it's still early, and it's so ridiculous in both aspects. But, yeah, he's, he's pretty much having the season you would want to have if you're one of the guys in consideration for, you know, going first overall. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he basically solidified his every weak point in his game. You know, over-the-fence over power was something they said he might not develop a ton of, and that's – not the case right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a scouting point of view, all of this elite offensive performance in a, you know, very good conference comes with him being like a really, really good defensive catcher by all accounts. Um, it's not really something I'm an expert on, but pretty much nobody's questioning his potential to stay behind the plate. Um, and most evaluators that I've read seem to think that he's, got the potential to be an elite defensive catcher in addition to being an elite offensive player. And if that wasn't enough, he's also a switch hitter. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> he's, he's kind of like the perfect um, <laughs> the he's, perfect college position player prospect. He sounds like what Matt Wieters was supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> good good pull. <laughs> um, switch hitting Joe Maurer with power. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, are you worried at all? I know some people have talked about like he had a sh- he used to play quarterback, but then had a shoulder injury in high school. Does that concern you at all? For so I'm generally very wary of shoulder injuries, but being worried about a high school football injury seems like a bit of a reach. Yeah, I'm not worried. I hadn't even heard of that before mm-hmm. now, and it, by all accounts, his arm is very strong. Um, could it become a thing? Maybe, but also. If it becomes a thing, you could probably find some place else to play him if the bat plays to its potential. Right, right. So there, there's plenty of like the floor isn't just like um the floor is like like a decent catcher for most teams like a I guess like a first division regular of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably too high, but whatever. Or you know, good offensive player somewhere else on the diamond. So. And the upside is best catcher in baseball. Yeah, I mean, this, this is insane, right? Yeah. Checks all I, of my boxes. 
I totally like from an emotional standpoint, I still would want Vaughn with a pick, but I absolutely from a from a purely logical perspective, Rushman is is the pick. Like he's far and away the best player in this and coming into the season it might have been there might have been an argument, but the fact that Rushman's offense has exploded to this level is really nuts. Yep. Um I, I do I like I, I think it's more or less even odds who ends up being the better big leaguer, you know, mm-hmm. between Rutschman and Vaughn. Yeah, we but already talked about how catchers are weird. Catchers are weird, they develop weirdly, um you know, it's it's a position where he's gonna take a pounding, whereas first base is not. <laughs> right. But, you know, they're clearly the two best players in this draft, I think. Um, you know, we we're both bias towards college position players, so Bobby Witt Jr., sorry, but yeah. Um, yeah, he did. So he's he, real good. Is there, I wonder why he didn't, it doesn't look like he went to the Cape Cod League last year. He might have played with, like, Team USA or something. Oh. I, I asked played. Jared about uh, Josh Jung this week, and he said that's why he wasn't on the Cape last year. I thought, I thought Vaughn was on Team USA as well. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, Rutschman played. Oh, he played in 2017. 2017, right? And that's before he before he fully committed to. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I saw him a couple times as well, and I, w- I wasn't particularly impressed that year. But this was also pre-breakout. Right? Yeah, and it was just like, all right, you're another catcher whose defense I can't assess, who can't really hit these guys with. Sliders. Yeah, he, he was a catcher, not only a catcher, a catcher who couldn't focus on just baseball. Right. Right. He had another sport to play, so like he's dividing his time between defense and hitting a third time with a whole other sport. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, he's real good. That'd be the one concern I have, given that people often cite like metal bat, metal bat swing, and I don't, I've never quite understood what that meant. Like I, I asked Jared about how to identify it probably twice a week. Uh huh. It's something I, I I hear a lot about. I know some of the symptoms, which are like if they're looking to like ping singles the other way, you know. Sure. Um, but for the most part, the answer is just like you have to see them with wood bats and see if it translates. Um, a lot of it's like you know it when you see it. So it sounds like based on that that description, if a guy's hitting for elite power, he probably doesn't have a metal bat swing. Probably, but yeah, again, like. <laughs> it's nothing I've, I've been able to pin, like pin down. Yeah, we we need one of like the the, uh, the the famous example was um, Kobe Woodmansey, which oh uh, yes. Um, let me look up because I, I if I if I recall he did hit for yes, kind of one of the things power. he had yes. going for him, but again at Arizona State I believe. Yeah, so he was ASU. He was their shortstop. He also didn't not... hit for much power. <laughs> No. Uh, for his highest ISO was 173. Why did I think? Okay, no, I'm thinking. No, but that was that was the write up of him at the time. Oh, okay. That he was, you know, a shortstop with power, and neither of those things proved to be true. Right. So I mean, point is, if a guy's slugging in the 700s, I think I'm comfortable saying yeah. his swing is good. Right. I mean, and it could be like stiff or um. Any of the other terms that basically mean you don't like the swing, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, the, the specific metal bat problem or the Stanford swing problem is, uh. Yeah, that's something. Probably not do. something that, yeah, so. And yeah. to tie, to tie this back real quick, there's 0.00, negative 0% chance Rushman makes it to the max. Yeah, so. no, literally zero. 
Like yeah. Vaughn, there's a scenario because, you know, the, there is a knock on him that he's a first baseman, which, you know, obviously neither of us cares care about. about. Yeah. But, you know, that's the, if there's going to be a bad reason for Vaughn to fall farther than he should, that's the bad reason. Yep. Uh, Rutschman, there's literally nothing. <laughs> yep. You have to go back to him being a freshman who also plays football to find any flaw in his game. Yep. It's not so, going to happen. That being said, weird things happen once these guys get into the pros. We'll see. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, should we move on to, oh, yeah, that guy? Yeah, we only have one this week because we've already gone for, like, <laughs> too long. Long enough for Brian to uh, have a conversation with us, probably. Oh, um, no. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, so, good. yeah, just just one guy this week. It's going to be court. <laughs> we were looking at notable Mets draft busts because it fits in with our uh, main main to- story for this week. Uh, so the guy we picked was Corey Vaughn, who between the 10th of May in 2011 and the 20th May, of May hit 325, 509, 525. That's a 192 weighted runs created plus two home runs, more walks and strikeouts. Uh, he was a 22 year old in single A, but still, uh, that's pretty good line. Pretty great yeah. line. It's a good week. I don't yeah. care who you are. Yeah, even if you are the son of a four time all star. Yep. Uh, he's a, he's Greg Vaughn's son. Got to uh, draft those bloodlines. Yeah, absolutely. Get, get me uh, the latest Will Pond on the phone right now. <laughs> draft him right away. Um, he was drafted in the fourth round of the 2010 draft out of San Diego State. Um, never really that really great week aside. Never really got going in the minors. Uh, he was he hung around in the org uh, till 2015. He made it to AAA, and then eventually left for the. Uh, Canadian-American League? Yeah, the Canadian League. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the South Maryland Blue Crab. So he's still catching Uh, around. The Canadian League. He spent a year in the Canadian League. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I can't read. It's still there, um, which is interesting. Anyway, some guys just love the game that much, so. Yeah, yeah. And who knows? He might find his way back to organized ball at some point. Um, You never know. Yep. Baseball's weird. Don't think we need to draw out a discussion no, of yeah. Corey Vaughn any more than that. <laughs> that was a uh, riveting edition of Oh Yeah, That Guy. <laughs> uh, so any closing remarks, I guess, Lucas? No, no. Uh, looking forward to a long discussion about Imanez's swing next week and then uh, anxiously watching the draft board to see the Mets take a college pitcher with polish. I swear to God, if they take Zach Thompson. Oh, they're going to take Zach Thompson. <laughs> I'm trying not to be mean about it because, like, Zach Thompson could be a very good big league pitcher. But, uh-huh. like, you know, we, we've talked a lot about Anthony Kay and the process that went into drafting Anthony Kay when you knew yes. he was going to need Tommy John. And yes. a lot of – not that Thompson needs – is going to need Tommy John, but there's already question marks. I don't know. Those, those same warning signs, the same overuse, just Control-C, Control-V. Yep. yep. Time is a flat circle. Maybe in four years we'll be yelling at the Mets for not promoting Thompson to AAA fast enough. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. So I'm Ken Lavin. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at KenLavin91. I'm here with uh, Lucas Vlahos. Uh, Lucas, that's the right Twitter handle, right? Yeah. Vlahos343? Yep, that's it. Okay. Uh, we will be joined next week uh, with our you know, fearless leader, Steve Sippa. He's at Steve Sippa on Twitter. 
Um, you can email the show at from complex to queens at gmail.com. I think that is the correct email. Yes, I believe it is. <laughs> I hope it is. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. That would really help us out. And, uh, have a good week, Mets fans. Hopefully yeah. things go well. They won't. Oh, God. <laughs>